What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Ever Adaptive Podcast. I am your host, Becky Flowers, with two beautiful faces over here. I have Sarah Budson. Hey, guys. And, and our beautiful host that we have been telling you so much about, Emily Hayden. Hi, everyone. How are and you? We would not, the, Emily is the whole reason that Becky and I even know each other. So, I'm so excited to have Emily on. Um, Emily is such a huge inspiration to me. She's made such an impact on me, as you guys all know, because I've talked about how much I love you and like so we just gush about you. Oh, that's so sweet, so kind. <laughs> but um, I mean, Emily is the reason really why this even exists, because it wouldn't if we didn't meet last year at your retreat. So we are so grateful for you. I know that, I mean, you always have such an amazing energy in everywhere you go and you always just leave such an impact and just a, a light on everyone. So I am so thankful that you took the time to come on to chat with us. Of course. When you asked me, I was like, duh, I want to come be on the podcast with you guys. You guys are like the most beautiful souls. And I'm so happy to be connected with both of you. And it's so beautiful to see how you guys have connected and decided to do something together. Because I think it's so powerful when you can get together with like-minded people under a same the same mission, the same purpose. And it's a lot more fun too than doing everything on your own. So you guys are inspiring for me even because I, I love to see what you guys are doing. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Well, to kick us off, who are you for the people that don't know who you are? Um, kind of just give us like your elevator spiel of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So hello, everybody. My name is Emily Hayden. I am a podcast host of the Evolve with Emily show. I am a retreat host of Evolve with Emily retreats, which are retreats I hold all over. I've had one in Texas, California, Hawaii, and Iceland, and more to come in the future. And I am an up-and-coming author. I will have my book published by the end of 2023, so that's very exciting for me. I'm also a speaker. I speak all over currently. And yeah, what do I currently do? I believe that one of the things that I do, um, which I do in different facets, right? Like my podcast offers one way for me to share vulnerably and authentically things that I've learned through and grown through in my life in order to help other people in theirs. My retreats are a space where probably, not probably, it is the most fulfilling work that I do because I get to be in person with people and I get to hold loving space for other people to meet themselves, to further that connection with themselves, with the divine, with each other, and to have a space for healing and for them to show up as authentically themselves and to experience love, acceptance, and other people that are on the same path that call each other higher. So it's a really beautiful space for healing, transformation, connection, fun, playfulness, laughter. And it's just, it's like the juice of life for me. So my retreats are definitely something that fulfills me quite a bit. Uh, the speaking engagements I love because I really love being able to share a message in a way that speaks to the individual. You know, we all go through a lot of different things in our lives and 
I have gone through quite a bit. So the topics that I'm able to speak on are quite applicable to a wide range of people. So the speaking engagements are a really cool opportunity for me to just share people with people what it looks like to have triumph over the things that you thought were going to break you and what it looks like to overcome those things. So yeah, hopefully that answered your question. I do a bunch of different things and those are the things that truly light my heart and soul on fire. And I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to be doing those things and it's taken a lot to get here. So when I say that I'm grateful, I really truly mean it. I'm so grateful like every cell in my body is grateful to be here because I definitely at one point in time, I just didn't think that I was going to make it. So to be here and to be able to share this message and share my heart and speak my truth, it's a gift and it's a blessing and it's one I don't take for granted. So thank you guys for being here. Oh, we I, love you so much. That was, <laughs> that was just, I mean, it just encompasses everything that you are and that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, But you kept saying in there that you, there was a point in time where you didn't know that you were going to make it and everything that you've been through. So do you care to touch on any of that? I know that you have quite an extensive past. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, which angle do we want to go to? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can just give you some highlighted bullet points. And then if you guys want to go deeper into those, feel free to ask a question, but just to give the audience an idea of some of the things that I've navigated through, uh, which I believe will provide more context I grew up in Houston, Texas. I had a large family. Um, My family was absolutely everything to me. It was just something that I never thought would ever, ever change or be torn apart or all the things that ended up happening, right? And when I was 16, um, we first lost uh, someone that we called her Auntie Reem, uh, but she was like a second mom to me. She always told me if she had a kid, she'd want her kid to be just like me. And this was a motherly figure in my life. And she was like mid thirties. And one day she was at my basketball game. And I remember leaving that basketball game and I left and she was still inside, of course, cleaning up chairs and helping people. And this voice in my head was like, go say bye to Reem. And I was like, I see Reem every single day. Literally, she's at her house every single day. I was like, I'll see her tomorrow. And it's like, go say goodbye to Reem. And I was like, okay, okay, to my friends. I was like, hey, guys, wait a second. I know we're leaving for dinner, but like, let me go back. So I run inside, I find her and I'm like, Reem, hi. She's like, hey, what's up? Like, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being at my game and cheering me on. I love you. She's like, I love you. I'm like, okay, bye. And then the next day we got the news that she dropped dead in her apartment. And just like that, she was gone and out of my life. And I'm forever so grateful that I got to say goodbye. I have a lot of other experiences in my life where I didn't get to say goodbye, but that one, I truly believe that it was like the divine God. It was giving me that gift of being able to have that closure to say goodbye. So that was one of those moments where I didn't realize it at the time, but I do realize and honor now that that was truly God speaking to me, giving me that gift of being able to have that closure. So I mentioned that because that was such a difficult loss for me to go through. And right after that, my parents after almost, I think, 20 or 21 years of marriage, um, divorced. And it was the ugliest, nastiest divorce you could ever imagine. I mean, courts and all sorts of things going on. Family ripped apart completely. I was separated from all my siblings. 
So I mentioned that because, you know, you take this family that felt like such a, a unit. We were so together. It was ripped apart. I was isolated. I was alone. I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone because I stayed with my mother who was very, uh, she was struggling with her own mental illness at the time. And a lot of that came out in physical abuse, emotional abuse in all sorts of ways. And so when everyone else was gone, I was the only target that she had. And so I was experiencing that and that kind of led me down a really difficult path where I finally had to choose to separate from her. And in doing that, now I was separated from every single person in my life that was close to me and that I loved. And all of a sudden I was alone. I was isolated. I was in my car and I had nowhere to sleep. So I had nights where I slept in my car. I had nights where I could sleep on a coworker's couch. I had multiple jobs. I was going to school. And uh, that was a really difficult time period for me because I had just- How old were you at this time? Let's see, 16 years old. Okay. And I skipped seventh grade and I was early for my grade. So at 16 years old, I was a senior in high school. So I I graduated high school and then turned 17 that summer. And then uh, 17 years old is when I started college and all of this. Um. So my ticket out of this hell, my literal living hell, was I saw it in my mind. I was like, I have to get to Texas A&M. If I can get to admission to Texas A&M University, that's my ticket out. I can live at the dorms. I can have a meal plan. And I can be away from all these things that hurt so bad, that feel so isolating. Like, that is my vision. That's my future. That's what I have to look forward to. So I did everything that I could. I got readmitted. And I remember driving that car away from Houston, which represented so much pain to me and just, yeah, just so much brokenness. And I remember driving away and I looked in the rearview mirror and I was like, holy shit. Like, I just survived the hardest time of my life. Like I actually did it. Like I didn't think that I would make it. I'm telling you, I was working three jobs, taking 16 hours of coursework, having someone nose to nose with me, screaming at the top of their lungs, spitting in my face, like that kind of like torment on a daily basis. And so for me to like make it through all those moments and get to this moment, which felt like opportunity, it felt like freedom, it felt like my future, it was just like the biggest sigh of relief. And I cried the hardest that I've ever cried up until that point. And I got to Texas A&M. And so me walking across that stage four years later, after putting myself through school, working multiple jobs, it was a, one of the most proudest moments of my life. Still to this day, I hold that as one of the most proudest moments of my life because of what it took for me to do that. And that really gave me such a drive and such a determination that I have to make it through anything that life throws at me because there's always opportunity for something in the future. There's always something better. Uh, Fast forward, I uh, fall in love in college when I was 18. I ended up marrying who I was with at the time. And uh, we ended up, I ended up getting into fitness and bodybuilding at this time. I started my Instagram account. I started my YouTube channel and I started sharing my journey. And that journey started to inspire others and help other people. And with that came an audience. This was the first time I'd ever known what an online audience was. I remember getting like 5,000 people on Instagram and being like, whoa, 5,000 people. (laughs) That's all my Instagram account. I'm like, how to look at your current account. It's like, it's so crazy to look back at that. 
Yeah. And I remember telling my dad, my dad being like, what? Like 5,000 people follow you? I'm like, yeah, what is that? That's crazy. Like they, they like my stuff and look, they're commenting and they're DMing me. And it was so fun. It was so organic. It was so free. And at the time I started my online business and with my online business, I now was location independent. I didn't have to be anywhere. So that's when I moved to California. I really got into the bodybuilding world. I started winning shows. I won four first place overalls, uh, two overalls. Um, I competed 14 shows, seven national shows, and then earned my pro card in 2016. Um, and right after that, 2016 is when I went really heavily on my personal development journey. And the first time that I really started to look inward and with doing that and with all the growth and traveling and business growth, uh, there was definitely a lot of separation happening within my intimate relationships and within my marriage at the time. Ultimately that led to a divorce and ultimately that divorce led to the next hardest time in my life because at first it was my parents' divorce and that was like everything I'd ever known being ripped away. And I always said I would never go through that. I always, and I even knew, I knew psychology. I knew that children who go through something often repeat it in their own lives. And I didn't want to do that. I was like so hard headed about it. I was like, I'm not letting this happen in my life. And yet it did happen in my life and it was the right decision. That was not an aligned relationship for the most authentic version of my soul. And it was a really hard realization to come to. It was the hardest decision that I had to make. And I got a lot of heat for it. I got a lot of heat for it online because at the time I had a large audience. I had shared all of my life with them. And this was so heartbreaking to me. It was something that literally broke me down to my core and I didn't know how to share that online. Like I just did, I didn't even know how to process it myself, let alone share with the world. Like, how do you talk about that? I wanted to make sure that I was honoring of him and that, you know, he didn't choose to put his life online. So I didn't want any negative uh, view to be had of him in any way. And I just didn't have a way to talk about it. So in that, I didn't give people an explanation. So they drew all their own conclusions. And that's where a lot of the heat came from. You know, the older, wiser version of me understands that there's probably a few things I could have said just to give people something, even though I still believe we don't owe anyone anything. I do believe it would have given me a little less heat to have to go through. Um, but so that started kind of the next hardest time in my life, going through that divorce, going through online bullying and hate and slander, a bunch of things that I just don't wish upon my worst enemy. The worst of the worst, you know, said about me. And I was really having to, for the first time in my life, go through negative uh, criticism, uh, slander, lies, stories. There were stories out there that like were actually laughable because I was like, I wasn't even this, in the same state as that person that you're saying that I did this and was had this involvement with. Like, it's really mind blowing what people conclude in their own head when they have nothing and they just assume the worst. It really showed me, it showed me also after that point, I never believed anything that I heard or saw online again, that was a story or maybe negative about other people. I always was like, you know what? You never know, man, because after having been in that situation yourself, you realize how wildfire, like how, or how things spread like wildfire. And yeah. so that really gave me such a, um, a grounding 
presence and a grounding understanding of what the online space really is like and how real life can be so different from that. So it taught me a lot of lessons in that. It taught me a lot of lessons in not needing external validation, like knowing who I am and knowing what my actions and words are and not needing anyone else to understand that. So that was definitely like a very big growth period in my life. How long uh, did and that last for? Um, I, I would say a couple years, okay. um, for a few months, it was really hot and heavy and it was like, I was barely making it through the day. I would say about a year after like the main heat had died down, but you know, the stories and all those things are still out there still battling against what people have in their mind. Um, but yeah, after a while, like everything else just dies down, people find a new story to grasp onto. You know, so, um, yeah, then started kind of my journey of me competing as a professional athlete, living my single life and having my own business, being in the fitness industry and just really focusing on my career and my personal development and my healing in a lot of ways. So I'll kind of stop there and see if, you know, there's anything you guys want to touch on there. Yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one, uh, there's so much, I was going to ask you about your mindset shifts, but there's been so many shifts throughout your journey that you can see when you're just telling your story. Um, so we'll save that, but take us back to competing because you are no longer competing. Take us through kind of that journey just a little bit. Cause we obviously talk a lot about bodybuilding on here. Mm-hmm. Um, take us through your journey getting your pro card because I watched your old, old, old G YouTube series. Um, Undeniable, your, yeah. And it, you had it, there were three series, if I'm three seasons up to mm-hmm. your pro card. So you get your pro card, then you go through this divorce and you're mm-hmm. going through all of this hate and all of this stuff online. And then now you have to step back on stage as a pro. Where were you mentally at that point? Like, was that something that was exciting for you? Or is that something like that had some, uh, I don't even know, you were kind of, there was some blockage there, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. No one's asked me this question before about where my mind was at. So when I had my pro debut, I was still experiencing the heat of everything from the divorce and not just the heat of it, but like the brokenness of it, the shame of it, the self-judgment of it, the heartbreak of it. I was experiencing everything. And when I look back at the time period of my life, I realized that competing was like keeping me alive. Like it was keeping me just to be okay. And in hindsight, as a competitor, when I look back, I'm like, man, I really wish that someone in my life who loved me would have said like, hey, don't compete. Like, I love you and don't get on stage (laughs) because I was in the worst spot I'd ever been in mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I do believe that reflected on stage. Granted, I was working my hardest. I was doing my best. But as a woman, when you have one hormone off, it (laughs) offsets Yet when you have multiple things happening and the biggest stressors of your life and you're going through the worst time, that's like literally the worst time ever for you to be competing. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's just, it's not conducive to the most optimal version of you. Right. And I want to pause you there because I, I just want to touch on this because I 
feel like a lot of us get into this where we're so like we get hooked in in competing and the the regimentedness and it's something that we can rely on right and just like fully immerse ourselves in to kind of drown out all of the other noise in the background right and that's where it's like uh it's like a catch-22 where it's like yeah I mean this is great because it's all productive I mean it's teaching you so many different things discipline mindset all of these things you know working hard all of these things but also where is it where it's like your blinders are on so much where like the outside world is an entirely different thing and you're just like you look up one day and you're like, Oh shit. Like, where am I? Yeah. 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 I think if we're not careful, uh, competing, it could be an outlet to avoid everything that's going on in your life. And I will say that I think we need different things at different seasons of our lives. And at that season of my life, I literally needed it. I needed something to pull me out of the dark hole that I was in. And I'm so thankful for it. And when that was over, it was time for me to look inward It when I was in a better spot, right? Because I don't want to sit here and say like, you know, you should always just face all of it right away. We never know like what's going on in the background of people's lives and minds and hearts. And maybe that's the thing that just gets them out of the hole. And then once they're out of the hole, then they're in a spot to be able to navigate, right? And I, I do feel that that was largely my existence. It's like, and I didn't even care what people thought because there's definitely people will judge you and assume and also like try to tell you what to do and it's like I didn't even care what they thought at that point because I'm like you don't understand how much I need this right now like I literally just I need something to put my efforts into and my mind into and it's a productive thing like I'm not off doing drugs and you know sleeping around and doing all these other things that I could be doing like at least it's positive and it's healthy and it's building my business right so I think sometimes we need those healthy, healthy yeah, the healthier, <laughs> healthier outlet. Healthier than drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Like I was just really appreciative of that because it was, it was a very healthy outlet for me. And now, you know, I've done a lot of personal work and development since then and healing. And now the way that I go through challenges and that I navigate through hard times is vastly different than I did then. But at the time, those were the tools that I had. That is what I knew. So that's what I turned to. And it was positive for me at the time. But yeah, now I definitely navigate through things a little differently. Love that. I love that so much. I love hearing the takeaways from competing. I feel like all of us have very similar takeaways. Um, and yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, and I can kind of like relate to that because I mean, I had to, I mean, this was literally when we were at the retreat, right, Emily, I talked to you and I was like, Hey, I'm going to take a break from competing. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that's kind of where, you know, I was personally too, where it's like, I was so blinders on where I was like, I got to like life here for a little bit and like figure my shit out. And like, this can be on hold for a little bit until I'm in a better place to mm-hmm. just process things in a different way and mature more. And you get all of these, these takeaways and we just, Becky and I just talked about this in one of our most recent podcasts is these lessons that you can take from bodybuilding, right. And apply them to life in so many different facets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, 
few of the things that bodybuilding definitely helped me develop. Obviously, the determination, discipline, the uh, the drive, the commitment, like the true commitment to what it is that you're doing. And a lot of those skills that I really sharpened during my time competing are skills that I take in everything else that I do. You know, I remember when I started jujitsu, which is just a hobby for me. But like when I started it, I was just like, cool. Yeah. Okay. So five days a week at 6 a.m. And then <laughs> 7 a.m. Muay Thai right after. And I remember after a couple of weeks, like after a month, and I'm at like the Saturday training sessions, my uh, professors at the time, they're like, your dedication doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I'm kind of cheating. Like I'm a professional athlete and I know that I'm <laughs> here and I don't know what I'm doing here, but like I have that discipline, that willpower, that commitment, like that's easy for me. I just do it. Like I just, right. it really develops that muscle. So yeah, bodybuilding, I feel like is such an incredible platform for personal growth and discovery. It can be used in many different ways. I definitely used it as a way to grow, to build a lot of different skills and to just develop as a person. And throughout different seasons, I kind of focused on and built different things. So near the end of it, I was even further into my personal development journey. So I'm, you know, implementing the four agreements. Like I'm not taking things personally. I'm always, uh, always doing my best. I'm always, um, I don't forgot exactly how they phrase it, but like always saying what you mean and meaning what you say, right? So letting your word be like, right? So I'm working on these other skills now throughout like the uh, last part of my competing phase. And then, yeah, I last time I competed on stage was 2019. And I had such an amazing season that season because I gave myself the freedom to coach myself a little bit through the last two shows. And that was really fun to get to like play with everything and then uh, 2020 and 2021, I had two failed two failed preps back to back. My body literally would not respond. And the first year I was like, okay, it's a fluke. I guess my body needs more time. And then the second year when I was training twice a day and cardio and perfect diet and like I'm a professional athlete, I'm doing it to the T. There's no reason why my body shouldn't be responding. That's how it was feeling, right? And so when I got to that point, I was like, okay, something else here is wrong. And that's when I went on a big hormone health healing journey for a while. Yeah. And that's when I met you through transit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting circumstances, but yeah. I'm glad that it was you. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I guess just kind of continue on from there where you kind of went with, I guess, taking a step back from competing and I guess just growing forward from there. Yeah, so after I realized that there was something internally going on, I got some deeper testing done and realized that a lot of my hormones were off and that there was an opportunity to get those to optimal levels to feel much better. And I actually tried first doing that through food and practices and all these other natural remedies that I was doing. And it, it just, it wasn't doing it. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe if I had continued for another year or two, but I was at the point physically, mentally, emotionally, where I literally couldn't go one more day feeling the way that I was feeling. I mean, if I were to show you a, a list of all of my symptoms, I have it on my Instagram, if anyone's curious, but it, it, I mean, it was so many symptoms that I was experiencing. It was so difficult to just show up to my daily life. I got to the point where I was doing body weight exercises in the gym, like crying. 
and not having energy and feeling just empty. And so I, I chose to go a different route and chose to go with AHRP and uh, hormone replacement therapy for anyone that doesn't know. And I was able to start feeling better within a couple of weeks. And within a couple of weeks, I got my life back. I got my mind back. I got my training back. I felt energy and stamina in the gym again. And man, I just felt so good. And it really was the best decision for me at the time. So I will say, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that my body had to make me stop because I wouldn't have stopped competing. My mindset, where it was at, how much I loved it. Like I just wouldn't have stopped. Like, and I had this goal to be the best in the world, right? Like I truly believed that I could do it and I wasn't going to stop until I got that. So by being forced to stop, I was able to have space in my life to start looking at different things, right? I was able to go deeper into my healing and spiritual journey. I was able to entertain these hobbies that I'd always wanted to try, like jujitsu, Muay Thai, you know, these MMA, mixed martial arts stuff. Um, I just never had the space or time for it because everything was dedicated to bodybuilding. So in that, I started to find a lot of fulfillment in all these other things that I was doing. You know, I found that I was incredibly fulfilled just by doing a jujitsu session. And jujitsu ended up being this incredible platform for personal growth as well. I realized that you really have to learn slow. You have to learn surrender. You have to learn strategy. You have to learn how to be calm under pressure. Like not only was it a fun skill to learn and I was feeling more empowered, but it was also teaching me all of these applicable skills to other aspects of my life as well. It really was making me a better human. And so I was really realizing that through these other modalities, I was just sharpening my human. And that's one thing that I realized at the end of my bodybuilding journey was that I had competed I think 20 or 21 times. I always say that I need to figure out if it's 20 or 21. <laughs> I realized at the end of that, I felt very, uh, what's the word? I felt very just in one category, like singularly minded, so to speak, because that's all I had focused on. So now I'm doing jujitsu and Muay Thai. I'm cold plunging. I'm starting to get to do all these other things that make me so happy. And now I'm doing yoga and acro yoga and I just love it. I love being a multifaceted person and that's like who I am at my core. So to have the freedom and the opportunity to explore these different things and also to reap the benefits of all of them individually, I realized that my life can be even more fulfilled than what bodybuilding was giving me. And I, I also noticed when I was stripped into bodybuilding that I felt that I felt unfulfilled at a certain level because yeah, like training was fun. And I, I always love training. I train like an animal, but I definitely felt like I always was like, I want to move my body like an athlete. Like I want to be fast and quick and I want to have more skills. I want to build skill sets in, you know, all sorts of ways. So by allowing myself this time to explore these different things, I started to develop more skills to be multifaceted and it felt more true to the authentic version of who I am. I love that. And I, there's something that you said there. It was a couple minutes ago, but you said you sharpened your human. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like that is so sick. Like I yeah. love that. Like, yeah. oh man, that is such a cool, like, like term and like yeah. thinking about it in that way. It's, I, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Same. Thank you. Yeah. It's something I'm passionate about because I, I know that we came here 
to be incredible. We came here to take up space. We came here for a specific reason and all the things that light our soul on fire, they were literally designed for us. So it's not an accident that I genuinely love jujitsu and Muay Thai and all these things that I'm doing. I really believe that it's a part of my life path and that everything can be used to make us the, the version of us that we always came here to be, that we already are, we just haven't allowed ourselves the, the time, the space, the skills, the opportunity to allow those things out just yet. But I believe that when we do, and when we become very intentional about the way that we show up to our life, about the way that we live an authentic life, I believe that that's what we're doing is we're sharpening our human little by little. And little by little, we just embody the most authentic version of us. I think everything else is a misconception. Everything else is based on the environment we grew up in, what we believe about ourselves, what we were told that we should believe about ourselves or what we should be doing. And I think little by little as we experience life, what we get to do is just rip off those layers, take off those masks, and finally get to stand free and boldly and say, this is me, this is who I am, and I'm authentically me. And when you get to that place, it's a really beautiful, powerful place because you're so confident, you're so loving of yourself, you honor yourself because you realize that you're a one of one. Literally who you are is a one of one in this entire world. You're the only one with a thumbprint that you have. And so knowing that allows you to stand true in who you are, understanding that not anyone else Else needs to love or accept you because you love and accept you at the deepest level because you know that you were created this way by your creator on purpose and that's like the most freeing freeing knowing and realization I think in this world yeah I, I agree that's beautifully said I, I yeah. mean as always you always just have such a an amazing way with words that I'm like I I just I admire it so much and I know at that point I mean, you were doing, I think you did a, a retreat or two prior to you kind of figuring out all of these other facets that you loved, right? But the more you got into them, because the retreat that Becky and I went to, where you built all of these things into it, right? It wasn't just a fitness retreat. It wasn't just a mindset retreat. We did everything, you know, we did, we did devotionals in the morning. We did you know, prayer circles, we did jujitsu, we did cold plunge, we lifted, like we did all of these different things. And it was so, we did breath work. <laughs> I'm just like thinking of all these things that were just so, they were so standout and mm -hmm. they all, I know that you did this intentionally. You built it in a certain, a certain <laughs> way. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> yep. But like the way you structured it was so beautifully and it just flowed right into each other. But I want you to kind of talk about how you started building these retreats and kind of how you came up with, I guess, all of these things that you, you love to do and you found these passions in. why did you start being like, I need to share this? Yeah, uh, I love this question. Because as someone who's been online for years, it's been a literal decade now. I cannot believe that. <laughs> I spent so much of my time in business and life sharing online. So mm -hmm. I first started with really long Instagram captions. I'd pour my heart and soul out on an Instagram caption, right? And then it went from that into the YouTube channel where video face-to-face, -face, I would pour my heart out to video, right? And then the, the podcast. And then in the podcast, people came literally just to hear you talk. So in that, I would pour my heart out through that, right? 
And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of talking about evolving. I just want to show people. I literally want to show people and give them a tangible experience of what it's like to evolve. I just got so like, okay, well, I'll just create. I'll just create a weekend. I'll create a weekend experience. So the first Evolve with Emily retreat started as a weekend experience in Los Angeles, actually. And I crafted every single thing on the itinerary as something that would provide an opportunity for people to evolve, knowing full well that some things would connect more with some people than other things, but that each thing that was on the itinerary, even the flow of it, the intentional conversation that I had with people, that it would all be these little moments, kind of like uh, lighting a fire, right? And it's kind of like spoking the flame, like lighting the flame a little bit. And then what was cool is being able to see each person's flame, like, like take off. And it was always at a different point for everyone. And getting to do that first retreat experience was so incredible because everything that I envisioned happened and more. And getting to see that, I was like, oh, this is what I was created to do. Like when I hosted that first retreat in Los Angeles, that was that moment where I was like, wow, this is true flow. This is true purpose and fulfillment. I know that I'm meant to be doing this and I've got to do more. So when it came to that Texas one, it was really dope to have that experience in Texas and even be able to share, you know, some people with you guys, you guys that are close to me, like my dad, my jujitsu professors, you know, all the little people that I got, not little, but like all the people that I got (laughs) to bring in, you know, Uh, that was really, really special for me. And it was important for me to give you guys experiences that, you could kind of just pick and choose from, right? Like one of the things we did was a cold plunge. I know not everyone loved that, but I know how beneficial cold plunging has been done, has been in my life. So to be able to give you guys a safe experience to to share that with one another and with myself, I think was really powerful because one, it ended up showing people how strong they actually are. I mean, I remember people being in there and feeling like they weren't going to make it and then watching them make that transformation from like the kind of freaking out the heavy breathing to like them calming down. And then the powerful presence that they had getting through the end of it was just oh, it's everything. I live for those moments. And being you know? able to witness that was it was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's like a something that happens when you bring people together that are experiencing the same thing, right? So it's one thing for me to share it with somebody, but when when you get a group of people and there's multiple people that are maybe a little bit fearful, they're having to navigate through some challenging things. When you guys watch each other go through it, there's like this group coherence that happens, this group togetherness that brings such a beautiful energy to the space. And as a facilitator, I love facilitating it. And I love looking around and watching. And I'm just like, yes, because as each individual steps into their own power, it elevates the entire group and it magnifies the power, the energy, the confidence in everyone else, myself included. So it really is just such a beautiful, beautiful experience. And then the retreats that I did this year, I had this idea and I was like, you know what? It wasn't really an idea, actually. We can get into this if you guys want in a second. But uh, it was kind of like, okay, if this was my last year on Earth, where would I want to go? And Iceland and Hawaii were top on my list. And I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to do what I love in magnificent places all over the world. So we'll start there. We'll do Iceland and Hawaii. And you know, now it's, I think, September. Is it September? Yeah, when we're recording this. 
And I've done both of those, which is a really, wow. I mean, there aren't really even words. For me, nature has been such a place of healing and transformation in my life that I wanted to take the retreat experience, which already was incredible, but bring it to a space that had just absolutely breathtaking nature because I really believe that in that there's so much healing even just those moments that are so awe-inspiring when you look around and you just realize like you have better perspective about your life and the things that you're going through and it just does something to you and I really wanted to share that aspect of my life and my journey with the attendees and both Hawaii and Iceland did exactly what I wanted them to do and more. And I think that's what's cool about these retreats is I always have this idea and this vision. And then when I actually experience it, it ends up being better. And it just seems crazy every time. I'm like, how could this possibly be this good? <laughs> you know, and that's not to say that everything went, you know, perfectly. What's funny is with Texas and California, logistics were amazing. I was in control of everything. When you go all the way to Hawaii or all the way to Iceland, all of a sudden you have all these different factors that are outside of your control. And a major theme that came up, especially in Iceland, was surrendering to when things feel when the, when things feel like they're not going your way, being able to, to surrender to that. And what we found is that every single time we were actually being upgraded. So we wanted to be frustrated or disappointed or like, man, our plans just got changed, you know, but in the moments we all were like, you know what, it's going to be okay. And through that surrender, we were able on the other side to see, oh, wow, we literally just got upgraded. Like the Sky Lagoon that we were trying to go to, we couldn't go for another three and a half hours and we were exhausted after an adventure day. And we're like, are you kidding me? Like, this is all we want to do is get in the blue and get in the sky lagoon. And then we're, we have submit to it. We're like, fine, there's literally nothing we can do. So we surrender to it. And then when we come back, we get upgraded packages and the sun is setting the most beautiful sunset you had ever seen. It was the most magical experience. And at that point we all looked around and we were like, this was, it was literally a gift like yeah. that. What that happened, what felt like it wasn't working out. It was literally a gift for us. And it's the most beautiful gift. Like we were all just, we all just stood there speechless for the longest time because it was the most beautiful scene you could ever imagine. So it's really cool because even in the retreat experience, the things that we experience just have lessons that we're all taking home with us and have just really been applied to our lives. Gosh. Well, we call that ride the wave. That's all I'm thinking. Yeah. That's so, so cool. And that's such a life lesson that all of us, even if you can't afford to go on the retreat, just surrendering and being in the moment and you just never know what's going to come your way. And just because there's all a bigger plan. It's like if if there's friction, like, okay, you you have to know when to just let it be and Mm -hmm. let God do his thing. Cause like, Mm -hmm. like, just like that, right? He's like, hey, Emily, watch this. <laughs> this is a gift. <laughs> Literally, I felt like that was our conversation the whole trip. It was really amazing. And one thing too, I have to say that has really helped me in my life is always asking myself, what is the truth? And I personally have taken a few foundational truths in my life. And one of those truths is that things are always working out for me, that the divine God always has my back. And so when I, when I truly believe that, like at a cellular level, when I experience something that feels like a hardship or feels like a challenge, it would be so easy for me to get 
discouraged, for me to, you know, feel all these negative emotions within and to allow that to take me into a bad place and be like, well, now this is a bad day, right? You could just spiral really quickly. What I do is I experience the emotion. I honor my feelings like, wow, like this is uncomfortable. Okay. Like, yeah, this sucks. It's not what I planned. And then I say, but what is the truth? The truth is things are always working out for me. The world is for me. It's not against me. I feel like subconsciously or unconsciously, we can often have the viewpoint that things are happening to us or the world is against us or things are working out uh, like not in our favor, right? And maybe we're not saying that out loud, but if that's like this internal core belief that's at the back of your mind, then it's going to shape how you feel and how you show up to your life. So by having this truth of life is always working out for me. I'm able to take myself out of a place of discouragement and feeling blocked into, okay, what is the opportunity here? For example, another quick example I'll give. I'm right now in this beautiful condo in San Diego, which I'm so thankful to have. And when I was looking for places, man, I was really navigating how to look for places and not be stressed out because I was down to the last few days where I had to find a place. And I found this place and it was right by the water. And I was like, looking at, I'm like, yeah, I can, I, I can do this. I can make it work. You know, it was, it was kind of like a shitty cottage, but it was by the beach, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I can make it my own. It was one of those where if you're not from California, I don't know if you'll know what this is, but like literally it had an oven that was almost, it was almost like an easy bake oven. It's one of those like half ovens. <laughs> it's so small. And like everything is miniature size. It's not even real size anything. And so I was like, yeah, like I can make this work and I can just, you know, and so I apply for it. I've never gotten rejected from any place that I've ever applied to. <laughs> they just straight up like ghosted me once they saw that I had dogs and just like made it a whole big deal. And I got rejected essentially from that place. And I did not think I was going to get rejected. I was like, okay, cool. This is the place I'm applying. I'm a perfect applicant. Here you go. And there was just a lot that happened behind the scenes and ended up rejecting me. And so I'm sitting there, I get this rejection and I'm like, wait, okay. I'm like, listen, here's the truth. Life is always working for me. I was like, okay, there must be something better. And I know sometimes when you're experiencing that and you like get really excited about a house or something and you don't get it, it can seem like that toxic positivity to be like, well, there must be something better, you know, like trying to convince yourself, like there must be, but like, I actually believed it. This time I actually truly believed, no, you know what? The world is always working out for me. God, the divine always has my back. There truly is something better. And let me tell you what, not even a week later, the place that I'm in now lowers the price, which was over my max budget. It was $350 over my max budget. And I messaged him to see it. And I was like, you know what? I can't see it. This is my max budget. The day that I was going to look out to go look at new places, they lowered the price to $5 underneath my max budget. And I messaged him. I was like, is this real? There's no way this is real. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I will be there right now to look at it. I come, I look at it. It's beautiful. It's so much bigger. It has a massive back patio for the dogs. It's updated. It's so nice. Like I didn't even need a place that was this nice. It's like everything that I wanted. And the guy was like, you seem like a great applicant. You don't even need to fill out an application. I've, you know, I showed wow. him like my statements and whatnot. He was like, you just seem like a great person. Go ahead. It's yours. And oh I was like, gosh. 
I was like, this was, it was so easy, you guys, that I was like, this was, this is what it feels like to be in alignment. This is what it feels like to be in flow. This is what it feels like to literally receive. And it shouldn't feel like so much resistance. It shouldn't feel like you're working against everyone and everything and jumping through 20 different hoops. Like it really just gave me such a life example of what it's like to be in flow, to be in alignment, to be in with the divine and to receive. I literally, this gift, this place was a gift to me, truly. Like, uh, I, I feel like you're that. coaching me right now. Yeah. I literally <laughs> sent, I sent Sarah a voice message earlier because my life is chaotic. I was like, I'm going to go apply here. And I literally drove right past it. It's like, nope, it doesn't feel right. I'm just going to keep going. Love that. So yeah, we're we're basically each other's diaries and just like little, little signs that we notice. Like I would love to go back and just like, listen to some of our voice memos, even from like a month or two months ago and just kind of like hear how we've kind of been guided until like now, because we literally are like each other's diaries. almost. Yeah. Yeah, Voice of reason of just you know, there is something better. I love that saying life is always working for me and truly believing it. Cause you can say that Mm -hmm. all you want, but like you said, subconsciously, if you are thinking like life is happening to me, not for me, it's going to block anything that's coming your way. So. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to, to say that in your mind, it's another thing to feel it in your heart. And one thing that I've just really focused on, especially this year, is dropping into my heart and feeling the energy of the words that I'm saying. So when I say life is working for me, it's not like I'm struggling to say it in my mind. I first say it in my mind as a reminder, life is working for me. And then I drop down into my heart and I feel that. And I know that all of life is being divinely orchestrated for my purpose, for my good, for my lessons, for my growth. And I welcome that. And I embrace that. I even am being reminded right now of this moment where I got this text message and this text message was one of the text messages that just makes your heart think it's so much disappointment and discouragement and like also just a really hard reality that you're going to have to accept and there's nothing you can do about it, right? And my heart sunk. And then I was starting to feel all of these like discouragement and even like shame of like, Emily, you should have known better. You should have vetted this thing out better so that you didn't have to experience this. Right. And I was, so it started to do that. And then I was like, hold on. And I was by the mirror. So I like look in the mirror and I was like, what would my divine version of myself say right now? What would the divine version of Emily say right now? And very clearly and immediately the message was she would be welcoming and embracing of everything happening right now even if it's a really hard lesson and she would welcome it and so I said okay and so then I stepped out of resistance the resistance was fighting what was happening shaming judging what was happening and I stepped into acceptance that I was going to be okay and I would take every lesson that I needed to learn and that I would get through it just like I've gotten through everything else Right. So sometimes these like guiding questions can be something that can change our energetic state. And I'm, I really do believe that your energetic state will manifest in front of you in different ways. So for me, if I notice that my energy is off in any way, I recognize that my energy, my feeling state, how I'm feeling, that is like number one important. So if I'm feeling off, I do whatever I need to do. I utilize the tools that I have, which can look different for everyone between 
activity and a hard workout or stillness or prayer or meditation or so many different things, breath work, right? I do whatever it is I need to do to get myself back into a feeling state. And then I reprogram my mind with things that I want to believe and say and speak over my life because those things truly do matter and they shape how you show up to your life. So when I'm constantly speaking to myself, everything's going to be okay. Everything that I thought was going to break me in the past, it didn't break me. I actually got stronger. So this will be one of those things too. If I choose to use it for that, um, I'll say the world is always working for me. The divine has my back. I'm divinely supported. I'm divinely guided. My divine self right now, she would not be scared. She would not be fearful. She would know that this if this is going to be a hard lesson, that she'll learn from it and she'll be better. She's standing tall. She's standing confident. She knows her worth. She knows how she get, you know, she, that she can get through this. So I'll just speak those words and that truth over my life. And like, I'm talking in a matter of five minutes now, I can go through an array of different feelings and bring myself back into a place where now I can powerfully show up to my life. Now in a state of acceptance, of surrender, of a willingness to learn, I can show up to my life and say, okay, what is this happening for? How can I learn? How can I grow? And how can we move forward in a positive direction now? I love, I love that. that. Yeah. And kind of, I guess, piggybacking off of that, because I know that you very more than likely, so you just very recently, I don't even know if you launched it yet, or if it is like in the the beginning stages of it, but talk about your new program. Yes, please. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, it has been years since I've released a new offering and I'll share first about how it came about. I what I really wanted was I wanted to show people how quickly their life can change. So before I've done programs that are like super in-depth, you know, 12 week, even like six month type of journeys. But this time I was like, no, I really want to show them the power of what can happen when they become incredibly intentional with their life choices on a daily basis. So it needs to be a short program. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do Let's see. I'm going to do a 30-day program. That way they can see how quickly their life can change. But we're going to need three days to truly prepare for the program. We need three days of prep and of intention setting and of preparing their environment, their mind, their heart, their soul. So we're going to make it 33 days and then it clicks. And I'm like, of course, it's 33 days. And I'll explain to you guys, but... I hadn't looked at my the book that I'm writing. I hadn't looked at it in a very long time. I stopped writing while I was focusing on my retreats mm -hmm. and I knew I'd come back to it after the retreats. But I uh, once I said, yeah, it should be 33 days, it clicked and I go to my computer immediately and I pick up my book and there's this chapter called 33 days. And in this chapter, I forgotten that I had like written it until that moment. And in this chapter... I start the scene out by sharing how I'm at the most beautiful scene ever. I'm in a camper van with my dogs. I had just done a three-week camper van trip by myself in nature, going to some of the most beautiful national parks in the world. And here I am at this canyon where it's huge mountains. There's a lake. It's like, I don't even know what time, probably 4.30, 5 in the morning. So it's like super quiet, super still. Not a single soul is around. The you know Eventually the sun starts to come up and it's like just the most beautiful, peaceful 
serene moment that you could ever imagine. And so I'm, as I'm like sharing this moment and I'm writing about how beautiful it is and how even the dogs are perfectly still and asleep, they're not even snoring and they're Frenchies. So that's a big deal, (laughs) right? And I'm sharing the feeling state that I'm in. I'm in this state of so much gratitude and fulfillment and peace and stillness. Like this moment, it feels like magic. It feels like one of the most incredible moments. And then it dawns on me. It was only 33 days ago that I was at the lowest point of my life. And I almost chose to not be here on earth. Damn. 33 days. Yeah. And I was sitting there mind blown Yeah, that it was just 33 days ago that I was in the hardest, darkest, loneliest spot of my life that I had ever been in. And so I start, I start writing about that, about how quickly your life can change and how much intentionality it took and the fire that I had to have underneath me to bring myself out of that spot. And so when I went back and I'm reviewing this chapter as I'm about to create this program, it just all makes sense to me. Yeah. I was always going to be that way. I was always going to make it through. And I always had to experience the depth of the pain that I did in order to be able to lead in this way. I asked, I asked the divine once this year, I said, how do I help? There's so much pain and there's so much suffering in this world. There's so many things that we go through. How do I truly help? And the answer that I got was you go first and show the way. Mm -hmm. So go first and show the way. And so here I am seeking to create a program to show the way and show them how quickly their life can change, not even realizing at the time that it aligned directly with what I had experienced. Crazy. So in this program, it's a 33-day journey to truly embody your authentic self, to let go of everything that's not serving you, to remember your power as co-creator in this life experience. We really can be co-creators with the divine. We really can have such a strong, beautiful relationship with ourselves and with the divine. Often we're not shown how, often we're not given the tools of how to do that. And so what I do in my program is take them through essentially a four-week process. The first week is detoxing and letting go of everything in your life that is not in alignment with the most authentic version of you. We go through mind, body, soul, environment, relationships, and we touch on every single point throughout different days in the week. And the end of that first week is actually a fast. I suggest a food fast and a social media fast, but I encourage people to choose what they want to put on their own list, right? So maybe for somebody else, it's a a habit that they're really struggling with. People are struggling. They're struggling with porn. They're struggling with drugs. They're struggling with even things that are good for them that are distracting them or that are taking them away from their authentic self or from the things that are within that they don't want to address. Mm -hmm. So this container is a space for them to let go of all those things to be at a certain point, you have to get done with your own stuff, right? You have to say, I'm, I'm, I've had it. I know that I'm not being who I need to be. I know that I'm not showing up to my life powerfully and I'm done with my own habits. I'm done with my own choices. I'm also done allowing people into my life and field that are not good for me. I'm done accepting that in my life, right? So that first week is all about that. That second week is creating new practices, which the one practice that we really focus on in the program is meditation. Really, the intention behind that is because there is... 
so much within us that often we have no idea about because we're not taught how to access it. So within the first few weeks, I'm providing these very beginner friendly meditations, like just meditations that I share from online on YouTube. So they can do those on their own while I talk about the topic of the day throughout the videos. And so we're priming their, their skill set. We're letting them practice the skill of being still, being present, and allowing their mind to visualize. So that week three, that's where the true healing and embodiment starts to take place, where I take people personally through breath work and guided meditations that allows them to address all parts of what's within them, allows them to connect to themselves in a deeper way and to connect to the divine, their idea of God, their idea of source during that time period. And then week four, after we've cleared everything, we've established a new way to live our life and we've done that healing. Now you're becoming the powerful co-creator of your life and you get to choose to show up to your life in a way that is truly putting the pen back in your hand so that you can co-create and truly become the author of your story. Everyone, we've all had different stories in our lives. We've all gone through different things, but that doesn't have to be your story. You can literally at any moment in time, write a completely new story for your life. And I have chills thinking about that because it's just the journey and the path that I took where I decided this is not how I'm going out. This is not how my life is going to end. And so I'm going to choose how my how I live my life. I'm going to choose what that story looks like. And I'm going to live a life that I'm proud of so that even if this is my last year on earth, I will be proud of the life that I just lived. I will have given all of my gifts that I have to give to the world. And I will have experienced this beautiful earth that we have been gifted. And going along that journey has allowed me to be in this position where now I have the opportunity to guide people through their own journeys. And it's really, truly such an honor. I love that so much. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you. Um, and even just when you weren't even as developed as you are now, uh, but everything that you built into that retreat that we both went to last year. And I, I, I call this flipping my, like flipping the table, flipping my world upside down. Like I've done it time and time again, literally since the retreat. And oh, wow. It's, it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's, kind of just like you're like just like you said you're taking your power and at any given moment you can change the direction entirely of your life and it's such a beautiful thing to to take that chance on yourself and have that belief in yourself and like even though it's you know terrifying sometimes and it's uncomfortable but like you know that something isn't in alignment and something has to be different here. And I, I'm just, I'm so happy for you because and I'm, I'm so grateful for you because, and I've said this to you time and time again, like, I'm so grateful that you create this space for people to be able to make these discoveries about themselves and take these steps of growth and actions of growth to literally change their world. Thank you. <laughs> that is probably your biggest gift. And yep. I feel like we could go on for another <laughs> hour, <laughs> um, but I do want to be respectful of your time. So a couple things. What is your program called? 33 yeah. days? Uh, it's the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. Okay. The butterfly and effect. 
I don't know if you guys know, but it's the idea that a butterfly flapping its wings in one part of the world can cause a hurricane in the other. It's part of chaos theory. But in regard to like the personal development, it shows how one small, tiny little action has the course to make huge ripples in the entire world. Like it's that one little thing. So in the program, I say that the guiding question every single day is what is my butterfly effect today? It's something that's small that seems insignificant. And it's the thing that ends up creating a worldwide ripple. I love that. What is my butterfly effect today? <laughs> I'm stealing that. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and kind of just go into where we can find you, um, your YouTube, your, your podcast, your social media. I mean, share yeah. all of that with us. My podcast is Evolve with Emily. So you can search it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to a podcast. My Instagram is my name, Emily Hayden. It's H-A-Y-D-E-N. And then my YouTube channel, you can search it there. But I would say my Instagram and then the link in my Instagram bio is definitely the best place. I have the butterfly effects there. I have everything that you guys need there. So yeah, just check out those links. Yeah. And that'll be in the show notes for- Yeah. We'll we'll throw that in the description of everything. Emily- I, we appreciate your time and just your energy, the energy that you bring everywhere with you. I am so grateful for you. I'm so honored to call you a friend of mine and I'm just, I'm very, very grateful for you to take the time to come on here and share all of your wisdom with us and everyone just go, go follow her. Go. Emily is amazing. (laughs) Go follow her. She's incredible. And I just, I love you so much, Emily. Oh, thank you so much. I truly am honored to be on y'all's show. I really do just think so highly of both of you. You're both so incredible in your own ways and you're making such a large impact in the world and also in your respective communities and as a mom, Becky, right? So I just, I really am inspired by who you are and yeah, it's an honor for me to be here. So thank you guys for having me. I love that so much. Thank you guys. Um, As always, feel free to let us know when you guys are listening, you know, what you gained in value. Um, Subscribe, share, comment, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you guys. We'll see ya. Bye.